Hey guys, welcome back to another video, or if you're listening on the podcast, welcome back to another podcast. Today I thought I would tackle another INFJ topic. I actually got a good audio question sent in that I liked. So maybe first things first, let's listen to this question. Hi Clay, just wanted to start off and tell you that I just really appreciate your videos and your podcasts. I actually have two thoughts that I wanted to bring up. My first one being, I've had the opportunity of meeting quite a few INFJs throughout my lifetime. And one thing that we have all seemed to share is some sort of trauma that has occurred in our life that has sort of pushed us to be the way that we are. And I'm wondering if that's a common denominator throughout the INFJ population in general. And then my second thought being, I've done some light reading on the INFJ stare and I'm just wondering what your perceptions and thoughts would be on that. That's pretty much it. I hope you have a great day. So that question was sent in by Jillian. Thanks very much. There's actually two parts to it. So the first part is about trauma. The second part is about the INFJ stare and what I think about that. So right off the bat, I have to admit something. I didn't actually know what the INFJ stare meant until yesterday. I got the question, I listened to the question, and then I went and read some articles. And it's kind of funny. Soon as I read the very first article about what this is or a definition, I instantly knew what it was. I just hadn't associated the phrase INFJ stare with that behavior before. And it's fairly hilarious to me because... Multiple people have told me, even in the last little while, that I do this. So what is the INFJ stare? It seems the definition is when somebody is talking, like let's just, from my perspective here, somebody's talking and I just look at them in the eyes while they're talking. To me, that's, that's what the, the definition is. It seems pretty simple. But other people see that as a little weird, I guess. They find the eye contact uncomfortable. They think that maybe it's a little intense. Uh, maybe some people think it's maybe a little too intimate. So to me, you know, I don't really know what else to do. If somebody's talking, I look at them and I listen. And I listen pretty hard most of the time. I, I've sort of wondered why that is. I find if I don't look at them, you know, maybe that seems disrespectful. I'm not, not paying attention or... Maybe it causes my mind to wander a little bit. And I don't know if you're like me, sometimes I can kind of space out a little bit. So like if I'm looking at my phone while someone's talking, I might just start reading something and I literally just don't hear anything that person says anymore. So for me, the best way to concentrate is to look at the person while they talk. I, I feel like that's respectful. So I was at the chiropractor and I came in, I looked at her, she goes, oh, hey, how are you doing? And I said, good. And I said, how are you? And I looked at her waiting for a response, like a normal human being. And then she kind of made this kind of like laugh, kind of like embarrassed laugh kind of sound. And I've noticed this from her multiple times, this sort of, it's like an awkwardness. And I, I'm not really sure where it's coming from. Is it coming from me? Is it coming from her? So I just asked her about it. I'm like, 
is there like what's so what's so funny about me asking you how you're doing? It's kind of a weird question to ask somebody. She said, I find your eye contact a little uncomfortable. It's just more eye contact than I'm used to. And so after she told me that, I said, that's really interesting because I've had a few other people tell me that recently. The main person being my girlfriend, actually. I guess when we first met, so we've known each other for quite a long time and we knew each other for maybe five or six years. We were pretty good friends before we, whatever, were together. She says that that was one thing that she had to get used to when we first met was me looking at her so intensely, I guess. So I've thought a little bit about this over the past few months as I've become aware of this thing. I didn't know it was called the INFJ stare until just yesterday. So what do I think is going on here? I think for me, when someone's talking, it's not just about the audio. It's sort of like when you have a text conversation. I actually find those a little difficult. I'm not, I don't even know if I really like text conversations. I feel like it's okay as a supplement to a real relationship so that I, I know what this person's like. I know their mannerisms. I know. So when I'm, when I'm texting with somebody, I can kind of remember that as I'm reading their words. But when I'm doing a text conversation with somebody that I don't know, I find the process a little uncomfortable just because I, I don't know the tone of these words, right? So I think when I'm talking to somebody in real life, I'm listening, but I'm also looking at them. I'm reading their body language. I'm, you know, reading the, the slight changes on their face, their tone. I think at my core, I'm like trying to figure people out most of the time. I'm, I'm trying to look below the surface. I think that some people maybe don't really like that process because I don't really take things at face value most times. Somebody says something, that's not the final word for me. I might have to make my own conclusions, like are their words matching their body language? Are, are their words matching their actions? Are they contradicting themselves? As they say things, are there subtle tells on their face and in their body language that maybe suggest they're not telling the truth? or that they're uncomfortable, or that they are comfortable. So for me, there's all these reasons to look at somebody while they're talking. It literally doesn't even cross my mind that this might be making people uncomfortable. I, I still find it a little weird. And when I talk to somebody who doesn't look back at me, I get a little weirded out myself. I'm like, is this person a little bit shifty? Like, why are they, you know, they're looking at me? They're not looking at me. They're, they're not paying attention. They're not interested. Maybe they don't, maybe they're not interested in this conversation. Maybe I should take myself elsewhere. Maybe they don't do as much investigation as I do. Maybe they're not trying to read below the surface as much. So I think from a cognitive function standpoint, this can also be explained with cognitive functions. So INFJs, introverted intuition, extroverted feeling, top two functions. The introverted intuition is kind of a slower perceiving, absorbing process that kind of absorbs information. It's almost like subconscious comes to these conclusions about people. So we've got that. We've got the extroverted feeling, which is sort of all about other people, reading other people, reading other people's emotions, social harmony, making decisions based on other people's values to make them comfortable. Diplomacy is important. It's possible that those two functions alone just create this behavior. We are trying to read people. We're looking at them. We're trying to use all of our senses to absorb how this person is feeling. Are they having a good experience? 
sort of massaging all this data that's coming from this person and making conclusions. Could be making conclusions about what they're talking about. Could be making conclusions about how they're feeling. Are we giving them a good experience? Do they, do they feel good in this interaction? A lot of that, though, just comes from looking at a person. So if you're not looking at somebody as an INFJ, how do you read them? How do you even start that process? It seems like just a given that we're going to look at people while they're talking. So I was kind of curious. I actually asked a couple friends. I sent my, a friend of mine a message and asking him, have you ever noticed that I do this? And he says, basically, yes, that's hilarious. You definitely do that. Um, and then he goes on to say there's nothing wrong with it and reassure me. I think that he might be an ENFP. He says he actually appreciates it because he feels like I'm actually listening to him, which I am. I, when I'm looking at somebody, I am listening to them. And so I think the thing about this behavior is that certain people just might not like it. But then, you know, other people might really like that. They might make them feel validated and listened to. So I also decided to ask my girlfriend about this. You know, we've talked about this quite a lot in the past, but I thought maybe it might be fun to kind of bring her on here and she can talk a little bit more about it because I think she has noticed this behavior in me much more than I have noticed it in myself. So, can we both get on this chair? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I think that can come like hang out. Is this, is this like awkward? I don't know, I feel like I'm in a 90s sitcom all of a sudden. So anyway, here she is. She's actually on FJ as well. Um, so I thought maybe it might be interesting to hear what she has to say about this. Yeah, I feel awkward. So you told me before when we first met that you noticed this and found it a little, what, uncomfortable? I mean, I guess uncomfortable is a good place to start. <laughs> I think it's maybe a little different when you're a woman and every kind of male gaze you kind of overthink. Um, so I would say when you were commenting on how intimate it can feel, I think that that can come across uncomfortable. Because it feels too intimate? Well, it feels like something that I'm not prepared for yet in my connection with a person, yes. I think it's like an unrelenting stare and I think it's your complete kind of lack almost of the awareness of the other person's comfort because of it that I think is most curious. Like I stare at people when I'm thinking or I'm intently listening, but I'm also more acutely aware of how it might make that person feel and I reserve it for my actual intimate relationships and close friends and stuff like that, where I think you, if you're just having an engaging conversation with a cashier, you might do it, and I think that that might make some people uncomfortable. See, now I'm actually feeling awkward because I'm like, am I looking at her too much? Am I looking away too much? What's an appropriate man to look? I don't know. I feel like I don't like being read and to be honest I don't think you do either if we're having an intense discussion and I'm just looking at you the whole time you get also a little affronted because you feel like I'm reading you so I think it goes both ways so you said you've actually 
heard from other people that we know mutually that this happens. People that haven't even told me about this. Yeah, we've had whole conversations about your ridiculous amounts of eye contact. Yes. Anyway, I don't really feel like the topic is super complicated, so maybe that's, maybe that's enough about that. So the next question there was trauma. So I've seen this topic and this question asked quite a bit on various INFJ groups. People wonder if trauma kind of creates the personality in a way. It seems to be that's really the, what the question is. You know, I don't have the answer to this question. It seems like personality theory isn't even really, a, it's not like a scientifically proven thing anyway. People argue about these kinds of things all the time. They argue about nature versus nurture. What, what is your nature and what is your nurture? It seems to be that most people think that your nature is somewhat set and then you have your nurture and all the things you learn, your education, your upbringing, your trauma is all this like icing that's layered over your personality, which might be your nature. I think the answer to this question, I don't know. I would suspect that your personality is more set than you think. However, I think it's then possible that trauma can create unhealthy versions of personalities. I think that anybody can be, have trauma. I mean, I know all kinds of different personalities that have, have trauma. So does trauma create INFJs? I would suspect no. I mean, I, but I don't know for sure. I don't know. I feel like my whole life, I feel like my family's told me I was different as a kid and they almost have this expectation of me to be a certain way because of how I was growing up. So I think I maybe resonate with that, wondering if I'm actually changed or something else. I think as a child more than you, you were always kind of shy and always kind of reserved and I wasn't that way. I was an outgoing, vibrant child and then I wasn't. So I've always kind of wondered if I could have been something else before. Before like trauma? Yeah. So do you think that trauma has the power to change your core personality or do you think it's just like a layer over top? I don't know. It's not really something that I've ever heavily explored, but I think of course it has the power to actually change your personality because of the way that you know, many psychological studies show the effect trauma can have on your brain and it can actually reprogram pretty much everything. I think it's possible and if an event shakes you enough to really shift your entire perspective on life, I wouldn't rule it out. So do you think that the INFJ personality seems more likely to be born out of trauma? I think there's a lot of traits within an INFJ that seem like your brain's way to cope with trauma. I still wonder, though, if an unhealthy INFJ has probably undergone some kind of trauma. But if you found, like, a really healthy INFJ, is that possible? I've never met one, to be honest. I've never met one that's just like, wow, this is just a perfect INFJ, no issues, no problems, no trauma. 
But then again, you know, I got a pretty small sample size. So, you know, I think the problem is there's, it's a hard question to answer. So I think I'd be curious to know what do, you, what do you guys all think? Maybe leave some comments. If you are an INFJ, have you undergone some kind of trauma? Do you think that your personality was formed out of trauma? Or do you think you were kind of born with it? I guess the only thing that would maybe be in your favor is that like even working through trauma, like I've been in and out of therapy since I was 15, doing a lot of trauma work. And I don't think that undoing damage has changed my personality. It's maybe changed the coping mechanisms I use um, for the better. I would say that I have been pretty much the same person since I was 13. But before that, you know, like I think a lot of family members still see me as that kid and they view that person as much different than who I am right now. Which is kind of an interesting topic as well because let's say you're a 10 year old and you haven't really experienced the harshness of the world yet. You don't know that people can be mean and violent towards you. So let's say you were an INFJ, but you literally had no reason to filter yourself. Maybe you would behave in a different way. You would be, have less insecurities or you might just approach people and talk to them. And then slowly over time, as you realize that there's actually a lot of dangers in the world, there's lots of toxic people. I got to be cautious. And so, especially if you undergo some kind of severe trauma, now you're going to be even more cautious. You're going to be looking for that everywhere because you don't want that to happen again. You don't want to be abused in that same way, which might shut you down and from the outside might close you off. So it's an interesting thing to think about, though. So I'd be curious to hear what you guys have to say. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for watching. Leave me a comment with your thoughts because I'd actually like to know, how, are you an INFJ? Have you experienced trauma? How has that influenced your perception of your personality? Anyway, guys, thanks. Have a great day, and I will talk to you later. Bye.